Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. With your host, Linnea Hubbard. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. I'm Linnea Hubbard, and today is Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. It's been 3,113 days since Russia occupied Crimea on February 27th, 2014, and 194 days since the large-scale invasion of Ukraine began. Today's podcast looks at what happened yesterday in the Russia-Ukraine war. The Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War update is compiled by our team from around the world, Today's report includes information from direct contacts in Ukraine and their proxies, Russian Ministry of Defense reports, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine reports, Operational Command South of Ukraine, Open Source Intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geolocation experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mill bloggers and social media accounts with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission, to report the truth because the truth matters. The team took the day off yesterday for Labor Day in the United States, so today's report is more of a summary. It was a good day to take a break, as not much happened, and there wasn't a lot of intel specific to territorial gains or losses. Alexei Arastovich reported that when Viskopilia was liberated, Russian forces retreated to Novopetrivka. Mind blown. Based on that information, a few things. There is no way Russian forces retreated because they feared encirclement if Ukraine didn't hold Novopetrivka. They had a clear path of withdrawal. Retreating in this direction and not moving into Arkhangelsk essentially confirms that Ukraine does control Arkhangelsk. We adjusted the map to move the line of conflict north of Novopetrivka. Video emerged of Ukrainian troops in Olkhin confirming it is under Ukrainian control. Something has been burning near or at the Darivka pontoon bridge for 36 hours, hot enough to show up on NASA firms through the cloud cover. Ukraine did 18 airstrikes and 370 fire missions, that's artillery requests, in Kherson. A lot of videos of captured Russian positions, captured Russians, captured equipment, and dead Russian soldiers. There's no information on the Inulets River bridgehead. Don't follow Rybar's nonsense here. If you've been reading their reports, you may have noticed that the three bridges, quote, destroyed over the Inulets, are now actually only one. Ukraine recaptured the Butivka mineshaft complex southeast of Pisky. This is a critical area for control of Pisky itself and a literal fortress. We've updated the map and now assess that Pisky is contested by Ukraine— On the big map, this isn't even tactical. But for the Army of the Donetsk People's Republic, or DNR, this is a knee to the groin. There's been no change in Solidar, Bakhmut, or the Svetlodarsk bulge. 
though there is some strong evidence that Russian troops have been pushed back from Bakhmutska into Povrosk. We adjusted the map. No change in the Siversk area of northeast Donetsk. There was a report by the general staff of Russian forces attacking Ukrainian positions in Bilohorivka, but they didn't specify if it was Luhansk or Donetsk. Again. So we didn't move any lines, but expanded the area of uncertainty in the luhansk Bilohorivka as a just-in-case. NASA firms suggested something was going on in Dibrova, just northwest of Ozern. When this report was written, there had been no change in the Izum area. Izum was hit by Ukrainian artillery, and Borova City Council reported that residents are tense and can hear almost constant artillery fire in the distance from multiple directions. Russian missiles destroyed an oil depot in Kriviri, and the inventory is a total loss. Zaporizhia nuclear power plant is disconnected from the 330-kilowatt support line and had to disconnect Reactor 6 from the power grid. The reactor is running to power the other five reactors to maintain water circulation and cooling. Despite breathless headlines of looming disaster, the IAEA statement made no such hyperbolic claims and Ukrainian officials are working to reconnect the 330 and 750-kilowatt power lines, but it could take, quote, a few days. The IAEA report is coming soon. Two inspectors still remain at the power plant. We have some late-breaking news for you. Izium, it's Izium. Two weeks ago, one of the belligerents blew up the bridge at Baidok. A few days later... Russian state media news organization IZ recorded a staged video of Russian forces firing over the Seversky Donetsk at Ukrainian positions in Baidok in the area of the bridge. We updated the map, listed Baidok as liberated, and coded the small offensive. Quietly, though, this raised our eyebrows. Blowing up a bridge, in this example, was a defensive move. Balaklia is a fortress. Why would Russia be worried here? Here's what we know. Early this morning, Pacific time, Ukrainian forces advanced from the northwest and liberated Verbivka. They caught Russian forces by surprise, and an unconfirmed report was that a large Russian ammunition depot was captured. Ukrainian forces pressed through and are within the critical city of Balaklia. The city is a critical supply and transit hub for Russia and has been under Russian control almost since the start of the invasion. Rivers surround the city. Reports indicate that Russian forces have abandoned the checkpoints on the side of the advance, and Ukrainian forces are in the city. Russian troops are reportedly blowing up the bridges connecting Balaklia to the rest of the Izum axis. We haven't verified this yet, but if it's true, that is a textbook indication Russia is withdrawing. There is a massive amount of Russian military equipment in Balaklia. The objective here, if this is an advance, is crystal clear. Vesele. The highway junction at Vesele would be a crippling blow to the Azum front to the south and would sever one of two ground lines of communication, or G-locks, those are supply lines, supporting the Izium axis. NASA firms is suggesting fighting or artillery strikes in Russian-controlled Dovkhalivka and attacks on the main Russian G-lock at Vysheva. There is a lot of Russian aviation, particularly helicopters, providing close air support for Russian troops. We have excellent contacts in this region, which has shaped our analysis. 
I can also share this. There have been a significant number of HIMARS strikes within Izum itself, northwest, northeast, and north on key targets for ammunition, troop concentrations, equipment, and command and control. Ukraine has been shaping this front since June. We can't confirm pro-Russian account reports that Ukraine is also attacking from the south of Izum in force. We just don't have the information to support the claims. We had assessed in June that if either belligerent reached the point of combat destroyed, there would be a multi-axis collapse, and it would come quickly. Not quite to the point of writing, here we are. But with the gains in Luhansk in the last 48 hours, Donetsk, the pushback at Solodar and Kodema, the advances in Zaporizhia, and the retaking of the Butivka mineshaft complex, well, here we are. This is an audacious plan, but this has almost certainly paralyzed Russian commanders who have a theater-wide reserve of maybe, maybe 25,000 troops that need to go into multiple locations. Izum is the worst-case scenario for Russia, because Ukraine has a much shorter geographical distance to travel, and liberated territories don't require a heavily armed occupation force. Given that we were on the brink of labeling the activity on Izum a counteroffensive, this is the tipping point. Ukraine has opened a second front. And that's what we know. Join me again tomorrow for more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.